0: Hello. new japan pro wrestling crisps and pornography this podcast is a member of the voices of wrestling podcasting network visit voices of to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling
1: Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too, at least for now. <laughs> Shake them ropes. I'm Jeff Hawkins. I'm in the bubble. He's Chris Novembrino. He's not in the bubble. He's he's very very lucky. Uh, especially, I play guitar. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that before. You haven't?
0: Oh, we'll no. talk about it later. We'll okay. talk. Well, yeah. No, I, I love oh. music. Uh, oh, no, really? there's so many. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
1: No, I saw that you were doing like Duran Duran this week, which was interesting because I kind of intersected into things I did later this week. They have Andy, new- Taylor,
0: Andy Taylor, I think, is one of the more underappreciated guitarists of the 1980s. Oh, I,
1: I will not trash the Taylor Brothers because uh, of my love of the Power Station. Which Power was- Station is
0: uh, a very solid album as well. Which and was- he does a lot of really cool they stuff. They actually have there.
1: two albums. Yes. They have one that came out in 95, which shocked me. Because <laughs> like about 10 years ago, wait, they did another album? Uh, because the Power Station was originally supposed to be like a chic Robert Palmer uh, collaboration and and uh, edwards and 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 uh, rogers basically said yeah you know who's marketable though the taylor brothers over at duran duran so they you know the guitar and the uh and the bass and then i was listening to the bass line from rio and it's bass line from rio is so,
0: so it's funny. unreal it's unreal no um i've been listening to a lot of them recently as particularly like their live stuff they were an unbelievably good live band they have a new album coming
1: out next 82. month and um, there's there's two tracks available on Apple Music. The title track, Dance Macabre, does nothing for me, but there's one called, I think it's called Black Moonlight or Dark Moonlight, and it fits right into 1984. And I say that with the highest regard for 1984 Duran Duran, or, or, or thereabouts. It, it yeah. sounds straight from the 80s. Um, and it was produced that way. You can hear it, but it still sounds.
0: There good. has been talk about doing some sort of like biography, biopic, and Duran I think that would be fascinating because uh they them and the police are two sort of defining bands of that early 1980s sound and they're like really interesting compare and contrast like the police were like in their mid-30s when they did their five-year run from 77 to like 83 and the guys in Duran Duran were like all in their early 20s like by the time they took the break in 85 between like 80 and 85 when they were more or less ruling the world uh you know New Year's Eve on uh, MTV they're playing they are right, the through
1: band. Arcadia yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah 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 right yeah no 82 going into 83 they are the band that is playing on New Year's Eve like yeah. they are top of the world and they're playing at an unbelievably high level young uh and also at a 5 year run where they just like cranked out hit after hit after hit after hit um you know they basically put out a greatest hits album in five years uh, of like legitimate hits oh, yeah. and, and the, those first couple of albums, uh, particularly their debut album, which has girls on film on it, and all the deep cuts on there, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Rio as well, yeah and, and oh, you no, right. and,
1: and I will defend the power station project uh, until my dying day the, the, the thing that didn't make them hot was the fact that Robert Palmer didn't want to play live with them, so they got Michael debar to right right in.
0: who who played Murdoch on MacGyver back in the day too
1: oh did oh that's right yeah yeah, he's yeah, he,
0: he an yeah he, he's yeah he's uh macgyver's arch nemesis yeah uh yeah, in, in a recurring role because
1: because uh, they were on an episode of the of miami vice it's like yeah get started the power station i'm like great because i love tony thompson i love the uh, wait who the hell's that <laughs>
0: Uh, The the other thing I'll say is uh, John Taylor actually has videos on YouTube breaking down how he wrote and like playing and how he wrote every single bass line for Duran Duran for any musician or especially any bassist who's uh, interested in getting some quality free knowledge on the internet. Google that because his bass lessons for everything from Rio, you can see him break down how he's playing Rio with all the syncopation with the drum machine and everything. It's, it's quality stuff if you're into that level of process.
1: So to get now to, the, uh, <laughs> to wrestling uh, social media, uh, dominated this week by two things. Uh, the second one we'll actually get to talk about a little bit. The first, which I was teasing you with, uh, how many people were actually at all in and the turnstile counts and badgering low-level British government officials for official counts of the number of people who came through the turnstiles for, uh, I think it was like ratings to go, or I can't remember the, the name of the website when they signed off and said, we're no longer doing daily ratings and we'll miss all of you, except for professional wrestling fans. This is what they meant because who cares who, who- Well, you know, they want to be the biggest drawing professional wrestling event of all time. This is crap that WWE and AEW tribalists are doing to try and disprove it. It was successful. Live with it. Both of you.
0: So with turnstile (laughs) gate, I I feel like there, there are things that I need to understand here. Uh, the, the they were claiming eighty thousand, right?
1: I I think it was like seventy six something,
0: right? Officially. Right. Okay. So so what what are the numbers truthers saying? The I, actual totals dude, were?
1: I did not get that deep into it. All I know is I think Brandon Thurston was counting actual seats in sections at some point to run. <laughs> I'm just like this is too. D-. I didn't care. Chris, I just had, no, have
0: we retrieved the security footage and actually started doing a true (laughs) clicker census?
1: Look, we, yes, we need retinal scans of everybody who went through to make sure nobody went through twice. I'll
0: be honest. (laughs) I, until I know the names of everyone who attended (laughs) that show, I don't actually believe anyone attended the show.
1: You know, I'll get a manifest of all the people. Yeah, (laughs) no, I, I want that. I
0: want that. Prove prove that you were there.
1: The other talking point is our main story. Jade Cargill, officially with WWE, reported to the Performance Center. Got a little bit of a tête-à-tête myself with a member of Voices of Wrestling family, one Suit Williams. I love Suit. Uh, went and saw a show with him in New Orleans during... Uh, actually, I ended up sitting next to him. I didn't go with him. I sat next to him. But, you know, we talked a bit. I, I liked him, but he was like... This this was his statement. It's like, you know, it's and I'm 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 paraphrasing because he actually deleted his Twitter to go to Blue Sky, which I'm kind of sad about, but it's not my fault. It was just he didn't want to be on the platform anymore, but it's like Jade Cargill had reached her ceiling in AEW because that fan base cares more about work rate than anything else. And I said, uh no. <laughs> It's not like the women are, you know, knocking it out of the park in terms of work rate on AEW and they only get one segment, probably for that reason, or because Tony doesn't know how to book women or what have you. But wrestling, there's this weird thing, Chris. And and I understand that the fan bases are slightly different, but they're not completely different in terms of the two companies that are out there and what people like in professional wrestling. People like attractions. In professional wrestling, now the reason for the attraction could be because they're great workers and they put on good matches, or it could be because they're six foot nine and they kill people, like Sid, or because they can talk, and they get pops. I, I just, I, to me, it was just they didn't want to beat anybody to Jade, who was possibly a good match worker that wasn't in a squash, and so she's now going to be in WWE. She's going to make money, but there's a lot of copium going on amongst the AEW fan base that how, you know, how this is actually, oh, she's better off there anyways. We didn't need her in AEW type of a thing. And I, I can't get aboard that. But, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, Jade, Jade gave an interview where she's like, you know, she's very focused on her career. She wants to be big and she knows that she has a very limited window to do it now that she's in her 30s to use wrestling as a stepping stone to get to something else. And you know, more power to it. The funny thing is, all the wrestlers in both companies very happy for her. You know, hey, go get go get paid, go get your money, whatever. It's the fan bases that are really arguing the merits or demerits of whether or not Jade was misused in AEW. It's, you know, it's it's dummies like us who talk about it all the time.
0: Well, the first part of the sentence that Jade Cargill had hit her ceiling in AEW. I feel is certifiably correct, but not for any of the predicate in the sentence, like the, the, the premise is fine, but the, everything that comes after it, I think, is where the flaws kick in. They gave her an aspirational title reign, a Goldberg mini streak, they fed her pretty much everyone who wasn't Britt Baker. Uh, or uh, didn't she even beat Tony Storm? Right? Like, I mean, like she she beat? Did she? I don't remember. Um, but like she beat a lot of people. She beat Statlander. Remember that?
1: I know she beat Ruby Riot or Ruby she beat, Soho. I think. Yeah, point. yeah,
0: she beat Ruby Soho at one point. I mean, they 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 fed her basically everything. Um, she did hit her ceiling. That is because there is a clear ceiling to how much um, return you can get out of the women's division in AEW, uh, be it from booking patterns, uncompelling characters, inconsistent work uh, and
1: fan it, reaction,
0: um, fan reaction. And, and yeah, like fans constantly turning her back and forth R- uh, ratings. <laughs> yeah. You, you there is a clear limit to what you can get out of the women's division in that company. Yeah. Um that's a that's a broader debate and that's an inward looking debate. That's irrelevant of Jade Cargill. Cargill is a fact is just a representation of that, but um they don't really they don't know how to consistently make the women's division intriguing. Yeah, uh, they don't they don't have strong anchors to the division and Cargill in her presentation was being flipped heel to face kind of willy nilly. And that's that's a recurring problem on this show is that you know, you've got characters who are getting Lex Lugard. Uh They they get turned back and forth, back and forth.
1: Yeah, Sammy Guevara. Good example of that, Chris. Yeah, Jennifer Sammy. Sanders.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's all over the place a little bit, but uh, no, but she's there. She's I mean, they seem happy with her. Uh, I've it's been intimated that there's main event creative or main roster creative already being built there. So I don't know how long she's going to be on NXT right now. But uh, yeah, good honor. Uh The only other story I have in terms of news, news types news, uh, heels on stars canceled after completion of the second season, which my joke was, I can't wait for CM Punk to write the entire third season uh of heels because he was involved with that show and so was a so was his wife um I, I did you ever get to see an episode of this it was on star so i doubt you might have okay. no 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 it's actually pretty good uh mike o'malley uh the uh comedian from yes dear you ever saw that, oh, Ball yeah, yeah, I I, I, that. nickelodeon
0: I, yeah i was just saying, he he's the host of nickelodeon's guts if you're talking to me
1: oh yeah uh he was the showrunner nice for that and That's- uh it's a it it wasn't a bad show the problem was it was a complete anachronism to what they were trying to do because if they had set it in actual small town southern america in 1980 or 85 it might have worked but they're setting it in present day small town and so some of the there's a bit of a disconnect there where they're trying to do territory t- type stuff where just territory type stuff won't work but it's dead it's gone may it rest in peace <laughs> That's it for the news because I don't have I mean ratings were kind of what they are. Uh you know, uh Raw down because of Monday Night Football. NXT kind of around its same highs, around I guess it was around 670, I think. Uh Dynamite did pretty good. Um top segment was the talking segment between MJF and uh and switchblade uh jay white
0: jay white yeah yeah
1: which sorry i had something caught my throat there uh, <laughs> uh you know which we'll go into in a little bit but uh yeah for that uh the uh, and and collision actually had a pretty good number against saturday night football a uh, big game between ohio state and notre dame and uh they did i think they did over five hundred thousand. Uh, for maybe almost 600. So, you know, good number for them, but uh, a lot of lazy, uh, lazy river today of wrestling criticism, wherever we watch, wherever we saw, we have two events to get into two pre-shows one today hailing from Bakersfield, California, meth capital of the world. NX, have you ever
0: walked the streets of Bakersfield? (laughs)
1: Yeah, a little Buck Owens with the with the Bakersfield sound. Come on. Uh, NXT No Mercy. Seven uh seven match card thus far, in case anything else gets added to the pre-show. But we'll start with that first since it's chronologically uh there. Um pre show Blair Davenport versus Kaylani Jordan. Which is an interesting match. Chris did not watch the go home show, so I'm gonna probably be filling it yeah, okay. in. They did did have a bit of a beat down here with with Blair backstage to kind of set this up. And then they uh, later announced that uh, this match would be indeed on the pre-show. I I still think Blair has a lot of. uh, Has a lot of cachet in the uh, in the upper stratosphere of the women's championship run, especially if uh, if someone needs to take it off of Becky Lynch at some point, although that might be Jade Cargill, who knows. But I think Kalani Jordan's going to get a hell of a lot of offense in here, too. It's going to be one of those things where Kaylani Jordan looks good for losing, but I think Blair Davenport wins this one.
0: Yeah, so Blair's probably going to be a transitional champion, uh, would be my suspicion, because I think they're going to want to present Cargill as a face initially.
1: Well, she's not going to be the champion just yet. I was just saying. No, 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 no. I'm so. No, no.
0: uh, Yeah, right. She takes it from Becky Lynch and then Jade beats Blair. Okay. Yeah, like rather than beating Becky right out the gate, you beat Blair. And sort of a surprising uh, upset, sort of thing.
1: Oh, I see. I see. They. I think. I think if if Jade's gonna do any NXT shows, and I think she's gonna be in the audience for Bakersfield tonight. Yeah, yeah. Then she's gonna be the 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 uh,
0: surprise. Yeah, yeah that surprise guest yeah, type right. thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, you keep the title on Becky, and then you you have Jade Beater as a holy crap moment type of thing. I, I mm. think that that's something you do. Um, but Blair is, I mean. She's not my favorite in the world, but she's solid still. So it's one of those things. But and Kaylani Jordan, from for a as we like to say, for a gymnast who hasn't been doing this that long, it's quite good. Yeah, um, I could also better, see that. Better, better than Julia Hart. Uh oh yeah, Kalani Jordan over Julia Hart. Uh, yeah, every day of the week. Yeah,
0: she's not I, better. I,
1: she's not better than Stratton, but she's better than no, Julia not, Hart.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at too. I think she is better than Julia Hart. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, Julia Hart's also mostly uh, cheerleading and tumbling, more than gymnastics. I think. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, yeah, and so there's a uh, six matches, which is a lot for an NXT takeover. So we might go a little long here on on uh, on Saturday night on the uh, Peacock network. But we will start with Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin in a singles match they did the entire family guy versus chicken fighting all night type thing on the go home. I'm kind of here for this as a Hoss match, Hoss fight. Braun Breaker's getting this win. I don't think there's any way that Baron Corbin gets it for heat. I think they, they continue the Braun Breaker destruction uh, tour.
0: Yeah, no, no, I kind of like this because this is sort of like a heel versus heel Hoss match. And and like Breaker's, not really a face in any meaningful way he's just two jerks just just refuses to align himself with baron corbin because he hates baron corbin um i love it Uh, i i think this won't be very long but i do think this will be like pretty intense for the length of time that it goes on
1: i would love for corbin and breaker to be a team after this or to be a unit at least
0: that'd be interesting
1: going up against a trick and carmelo
0: Potentially, but I actually kind of would like it if they just keep hating each other. Like, this is like, Yeah, 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 no, they, they, yeah, these guys just need to always hate. Heels can hate other heels. Yes. Like, yeah, which, which also opens up the door. (laughs) And they should. Yeah, it opens up the door for the occasional unlikely, uneasy alliance between a heel and a face, where like you've established pretty clearly, like, Breaker hates Baron Corbin, but can like Carmelo Hayes really trust? Run Breaker, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and it, yeah, they, they've kind of done this in NXT well at times, like when you had uh, Black and Gold versus 2.0, and, so, and all of a sudden, heel LA Knight is teaming with the rest of NXT, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. They they do those uneasy alliances well in NXT, better than almost anywhere, Um, so, so I dig it. In a fatal four-way for the NXT Tag Team Championship, The Family, Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo versus OTM Lucian Price and Bronco Nima with scripts versus the Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed versus Umberto Crio and Angel Garza. They did a <laughs> they did a skit all throughout uh, the Go Home show where it was a sit down between Tony and the uh, and the participants uh, um, of this four way in terms of who would be the who would be the thing? And uh the Creed brothers are just dumb jocks. So they were fantastic. Tony D'Angelo and his character work is fantastic. The standing out like a sore thumb here are Lucian Price and Bronco Nima, who the company really likes because they're big. Um, Carrillo and Garza, back burner yet again. <laughs> Even though they tried to build them up with this whole Hector Garza storyline, they're now they're they're now the red shirts in this feud and we'll totally, probably totally. be taking them. But the Creed, the Creed brothers interplay about dinner at home with mom is some of the funniest stuff in these sketches. And D'Angelo and Lorenzo have some weird from an acting perspective, weird, but great chemistry together <laughs> where it's like, they've totally bought into this gimmick at times in terms of being mafiosos and stuff. Uh, this match is going to be a lot of set pieces and look, the family and the Creed brothers are going to be great. Creo and Garza with the Creed brothers are going to be great. OTM again, being the greenest of everybody in this match are going to be your wild cards. And they're just going to be setting them up. I think for like tower of doom spots to do and things like that. But I have the family coming out with the tag team titles.
0: Yeah. no, I, I, I D'Angelo and Lorenzo retain, in my opinion, um, there's still a lot of – it's been fun in recent weeks watching them do interactions with these other tag teams. Like, they they are it, – it's weird. I can't
1: – Like I said, yeah, it's weird. It, it's, weird. Great, it's, it's weird. It's hard
0: to put, I don't know what the word is to really describe what it is they're doing. Because uh, it's not
1: exactly great – You know vignettes or anything to that effect. They're they're nothing memorable. I mean, look, the AEW fan. Oh, you like that dinner theater stuff? Well, you know, it's still entertaining for what it is. It's it's character work, and they're at least trying. But I can't put my finger on what what exactly makes this click.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like in a lot of the parts of like the D'Angelo Lorenzo dynamic make no sense at all if you really go beat for beat. But uh, they, they they've risen above shaky material is sort of how i feel about it
1: in a british round rules match for the nxt heritage cup the winner of your tournament butch who will be seconded by tyler Bate, which was done on social media so that uh he could offset the uh offset the uh, uh metaphor appearance well i was trying to think of the word the the presence of the metaphor yes noam dar and the Mercury Radio Theater Company of Oro Mensa, Ash Legend, and Shakara Jackson, who have been doing theme dress ups every week during this thing. Um, I don't, I don't see the point of having Tyler Bate there unless it's just to take out Mensa in a high spot because I don't think they're going to turn him heel. Because I think there's going to be more of an angle stuff later in another match. But uh, Noam Dar versus Butch, and I think Noam Dar goes over because I don't think the main roster wants to be saddled with yet another NXT title.
0: You know, it's interesting to be like, does want to get back to being more Pete Dunne and less Butch? Because that's that's the situation where I could see him becoming the I, rounds champion for a minute.
1: I think that answer is no, because... It was a it was a move when Triple H was in charge to bring Butch back to being Pete Dunne and now Vince is kind of back. Yeah.
0: So, so. I don't see
1: that happening. Uh for the NXT North American Championship, all right, here was one that happened on TV. We were originally going to have a three-way between Dragon Lee, uh Tyler Bate and I want to say a kid, but I can't remember the third who was in this match. It was either a kid or Nathan Frazier. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but because Mustafa Ali is no longer with the company, they needed a replacement for the NXT North American championship. Trick Williams does a match early in the night, goes to Shawn Michaels, gets entered into this triple threat match, becomes a fatal four way and trick Williams wins it in a pretty entertaining match. Uh, Dirty Dominic Mysterio versus trick Williams, dragon Lee, who was involved in that triple threat is now the special guest referee. Mm. Now, to me, they put Trick Williams in this match so that Dominic Mysterio would lose. I know they've been kind of hinting at Dom trying to recruit Trick Williams for uh, for the judgment day. It's possible that Trick Williams loses here and it becomes Trick and Carmelo versus Dominic and another member like JD McDonough doing tag matches to build up, you know, judgment day versus that. And eventually that's where trick turns on Carmel. Cause they I think
0: turn. you're missing Chekhov's gun here. I think Dominic has put the uh, worm in the ear of dragon Lee of
1: dragon Lee as well. Okay.
0: Yeah. Like, like, like essentially, you know, trying to do this dad, blah, 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 Like, like all the, we've never seen him interact with dragon Lee. We've seen him interact with all these other people. And like, I think it's, yeah, the twist is going to be that he's also had the similar type of conversation with dragon Lee. Who's okay. Gonna- yeah.
1: No, I can buy that. It would be an interesting way to introduce Dragon Lee up on the main roster, but it was weird. Cause I, I was thinking Dragon Lee would be introduced as Ray Mysterio second once Santos and the rest of the LWO turn on him, but they, not,
0: they didn't do that. They
1: didn't do that on SmackDown. So, um, because that will, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit when we get further in the lazy river, but that was an interesting way to get out of that program with uh, it was the street profits um, (laughs) which it looks like they're going to double down on that heel turn which is also interesting but uh, back to NXT for the NXT Women's Championship Extreme Rules match Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton and Chris I'm here to tell you I am here for this match Uh, Tiffany Stratton is tough Tiffany Stratton in that in, in that ladder match on mania weekend at that uh, at like 10 30 in the morning at staples center slash crypto did a dive off the ladder where people were supposed to catch her and they didn't catch her <laughs> straight to the mat uh i think she is game i think becky Lynch is game i think there's gonna be chairs and table spots galore i think there's gonna be beatens plenty, but i think becky lynch is still gonna be winning this
0: yeah, I know This is this is the quintessential match to make Tiffy look good and tough. Like, wouldn't be surprised if she gets a little busted open during this match. But no, I think Becky goes over. I'm hoping uh, for
1: like hot pink kendo sticks from Tiffy, though.
0: <laughs> right? You know, I, I mean, st- straight up, like there is an opportunity to get very uh, memorable images of her with like a hot pink kendo stick or like you know, like a hardcore weapon. But she's also actually legitimately like bloodied up a little bit. Like, yeah. A bloody Barbie. Like, I know they don't I,
1: want to do blading anymore in I, WWE. I know, and I would. Man, I would make Tiffany Stratton bleed a little bit here.
0: Man, I know. Bloody, bloody tough Barbie. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of uh, yeah. Uh, and that a, would that would a...
1: also push her towards being a baby face.
0: Yeah, I would.
1: The same way Becky Lynch getting punched in the nose.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Did I? Yeah, I. Boy, I hope they're thinking about that. I, I don't know if they are and it's too late for them to get wind of this. Cause this will be the show will start by the time this comes out. But uh, yeah, if I, if I'm them, I'm going, let's tough. Let, let's, let's get the uh, girly girl millionaires, daddy's girl thing, Tiffany Stratton, but let's uh, let's give her an edge to her in this yeah. Becky Lynch and scare the crap out of Becky Lynch that she might lose. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a great presentation from Tiffany Stratton here. And then for the NXT title, Carmelo Hayes your champion versus Ilya Dragonoff. God, there's going to be a banger. Ilya is on such a run right now. If if he's not going to the main roster right after this show, they got to belt him. Because it's I because there are two options here for me in my thinking. Either you belt Ilya Dragonoff as the NXT champion or you bring him up for Walter or uh, Gunther on the main roster to take away the Intercontinental title. It has to be one of those two things to me.
0: Yeah, I mean he—he he is on such a tear right now. I know, I know they're really into Carmel, but I—I would—I actually do the belt, Ilya. Move him into a true tweener status, where like he's just like an elite. Bachwinkle, I'd have him be the champion for like a year and a half, like go on, a, go on an incredible tear as the NXT champion,
1: and even going up to the main roster and beating some guys up there. Yeah, at the
0: same yeah, time. I, 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 I'd want it to basically be known that like this guy's like a, a true imminent threat. Like I, I, he's he's wrestling at such a high level right now. You absolutely can put the back of a promotion on, or you know, the, put the promotion on his back and run with him. He's yeah, yeah no, I the red contacts, the goofy over gesticulations, all that stuff has been gone. traded, has been traded out for just like this Shibata level of stiffness. Like, 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 yeah, not, not, you know, that level, but like everything he does looks crisp. The cells look really great. The offense looks really great. He's, He's just so enjoyable to watch right the now. The
1: Vladimir Lenin facial hair is making it for him, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he he look. I mean, he he's just, he, he is, he is a welcome presence on this show, uh, as opposed to some guy that we used to laugh at every time he came out and go, what is he doing right now? Because, I mean, that's how we used to act when he was on NXT UK. It's like, look, the kid, the kid's tough. He does great chops. He gets the crap beat out of him but this whole weird cyborg red contact lens thing it's like okay they've they've him in the dark suit just being a professional and being angry all the time <laughs> it's pretty great
0: uh, yeah and, and then also the change in his offense you know we're not doing like the in the corner countdown to me doing my big move thing it's just a brutal forearm yeah,
1: yeah. it's
0: just a brutal destructive out of nowhere kills you forearm Mm-hmm. and he makes it look like it should.
1: Yeah, so I think that I think that card is going to overdeliver. I think I think that's going to be a fun watch if you decide to watch tonight or sometime over the weekend. Yeah. But you do have another option on Sunday, Wrestle Dream AEW doing a pay-per-view and Antonio Inoki tribute show or, out of Seattle, Washington. Keep keep Seattle, Washington in mind when you're making the winners and losers here because gonna be interesting because there's three 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 north pacific northwest talents on here in big matches and i think two of them have to lose but we'll see uh terrible name for a pay-per-view uh the usual aew i mean a lot of it's here's the weird thing is a lot of it's going to be built tonight on collision which i don't like as usual and we'll get into that when we get into what i think the main event's going to be because it is a dream match but boy, it doesn't feel like a dream match in terms of how AEW has treated it. They've just kind of put it on paper and said, yes, people will love this match. So we'll get into that in a bit, but Uh, 12 matches, Chris, (laughs) including two on a pre-show, starting with the acclaimed Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, along with Billy Gunn, your AEW World Trios Championship, defending against the Mighty Don't Kneel, TMDK of Mikey Nichols, Bad Dude Tito, and the artist formerly known as Slapjack, Shane Hayes.
0: It's hard. It's hard to bet against Slapjack. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like.
1: Oh no, it's easy to bet against Slapjack. No, it's no, no. I, yeah,
0: look look at look at look at the look at the wins and losses in WWE and tell me you're gonna bet against this man. <laughs> the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for the acclaimed. But I think it's very clear. <laughs> Flapjack is come going over.
1: You know what? Uh, that's that's what they sh- that's what they should change their name from the TMDK to uh, TNDL. The numbers, the numbers don't, don't, lie. don't lie. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think the acclaimed retain here. Uh, oh, of you know, they do. yeah.
1: And then uh, the other match: uh, Luchasaurus versus Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne's winning this. There's no way they beat Nick Wayne in Seattle against Luchasaurus. Who no longer has a title to worry about? I'm fine with them having Nick because I think Nick Wayne plays a part later in the show. But, uh, yeah, do you think L- Luchasaurus beats Nick Wayne here?
0: <laughs> no, no, okay, good. No,
1: <laughs> thank God because I don't have to talk about it anymore. Uh, <laughs> in a match set up on Wednesday's Dynamite, Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Yuta because the Blackpool Combat Club are now baby faces, right?
0: All of them, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Uh, that... <sighs> That was so lickety split, and I, I mean, I I think Starks wins. I think Starks is getting turned yes. babyface again.
1: Oh, I don't think he's getting turned babyface. I think they're going to solidify his heel status, but I just don't see Wheeler to winning this. Again.
0: No, I don't see. I don't see Wheeler win, winning this. But
1: and, and especially it was the, kind loss of felt in the, the loss Starks in the was... yeah, the loss in the Texas Death Match, you, you have to you have to build him back up again. I think
0: right, the, but it almost feels like he's being turned slowly.
1: Oh, do you, you think you yeah. your yeah. favorite again?
0: Yeah, I think so. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Lex Luger syndrome throughout this entire oh, company.
1: Lord. Oh, he's getting some cheers. We better turn him babyface quickly.
0: Yep. Yep. That fans like him. Oh, God.
1: Four way tag match for a future AEW World Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, who wrestled single on Dynamite, versus the Guns, Austin and Colton the lucha brothers ray and penta oh god that that colton gun penta you know cat dancing thing that was an instant turn off for me but uh an orange cassian hook uh who do you have
0: orange cassian hook but i don't feel strong about it
1: i got the guns the guns i think they're putting them back up against ftr okay okay uh i mean we can wait for a little more lazy riverdumb if you want <laughs> talking about dynamite but uh yeah yeah boy that four-way was sports entertainment everybody um <laughs>
0: I, I i just can't get into that format of match from this company it, it it just it it always leaves me ice cold
1: yes same here it's it's set pieces and uh none of the set pieces really lead to anything uh, in a singles match for AEW TBS Championship, Chris Statlander defending against Julia Hart with Brody King.
0: Julia Hart's winning this.
1: Wow, you're not the only one who said that to me. No, I, just, I, 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 I think I they're they're, I they're really in,
0: they're really in on Julia Hart right now. I think Hart's winning it.
1: I I can't get there. I think the she big... has
0: magic powers, Jeff.
1: Just like the one winged dove sings a song, just like she's singing. Yeah, um, <laughs> ooh, 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 Yeah. Um, I, I can't get there because I think uh, I, I think the big spot here is Statlander, doing some offense on Brody King, but she eventually wins.
0: See, I I think that she does that, and then Julia Hart hits her with the hex, and <laughs>
1: like Danhausen. That- <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> la, la, yeah, and like, and then Statlander's was like, ah, oh, like holding her throat. You ever seen a Black familiar- Miss?
1: Are we getting Black Miss with Chris Statlander?
0: Are you familiar with the movie Star Wars? I... There's a character named Darth Vader. He's like the antagonist never, never in that heard movie. Of him. No. Okay, so like he has this like kind of grippy thing that he does from a distance. Okay, I think she does. She does something like a, that. A
1: grippy thing, you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, with her mind. <laughs>
1: Well, they don't miss book that by, you know, getting no, into no, family dynamics a, and
0: stuff. Be, be, no, The AEW fans like this stuff. Um so I mean, they'll they'll be right into it.
1: Chris Statlander. you know what? Willow getting Willow getting affected by the black mist and coming down and turning on Chris Statlander.
0: Uh, maybe Willow comes out with a uh, a twisted evil eye. Like her eye is now sinister. <laughs> oh, marking... she, has,
1: she has a symbiote like Spider Man and uh, Venom growing inside of her.
0: So Dax from uh, Star Trek had that too. I don't yeah. know
1: who that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like there's
0: that's a very common thing that happens. And I'm, 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 let's let's go.
1: Eddie Kingston versus Katsuyori Shibata for the ROH World Open cha- World Championship and the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship and I think Shibata has the pure championship don't quote yeah, me on that. Yeah,
0: yeah, if he wins he gets all three titles but if Kingston wins he just hangs on to his.
1: Oh, is that how it is? Okay. I I
0: think I think that's the the way the match is set up.
1: Eddie Kingston gets to do his All Japan uh Fantasy camp match here. I I can't see Shibata beating Kingston right now.
0: No, I I and if again if, if I remember the rules right, like Shibata can lose and not lose the title. So then, like this is very much Kingston beats Shibata.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a promo for that too. Uh <laughs> Christian Cage, you're now officially your AEW TNT champion after. <laughs> after that three-way versus darby allen in a two out of three falls match for the aew tnt championship hey this match is gonna over deliver who do you got winning it though
0: i think christian somehow finds a way to win this
1: i think he finds a way to win because i think nick wayne's joining him i think nick wayne's gonna screw darby allen And then we're gonna say, man, that was a great match until the finish.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, <laughs> Christian, Christian is always entertaining. The yes. the story right now is a little lowest common denominator, and like especially when it's like mm-hmm. bring this dead person, bring that dead person, blah, you blah, know. Blah, blah. But I kind of liked where the the promo went on Dynamite.
1: Oh yeah, no, the promo was pretty good. I
0: thought. Yeah, Christian finally got under Darby's skin and. Christian is also getting I think the most dialogically you possibly can get out of Darby Allen cuz he's not the best promo and he's not the best engager and Christian is able to sort of like tease out the better performances from him.
1: He's a believable troll in yeah. trolling Darby Allen and uh, yeah. there are some uh, rumblings because uh, Edge's contract I believe uh is up tonight. Don't quote me on that either but uh He was once again removed from the uh, SmackDown internal roster slash alumni whatever thing. So there are rumors that Edge may be appearing at some time during this show. Who Mm. knows? That could be part of it. Seeing Edge as Christian's sidekick would be something. Because everybody would want him to be pushed as a megastar. Maybe Edge is just going to come in here and do a solid for his boy and be second banana like Christian was to him in WWE.
0: I mean that would actually be a really fun, different novel presentation. Rather than, uh, I mean, the the mistake in some cases is trying to bring these guys in and have them do exactly what they were doing yeah. in the WWE continuation. That's a very TNA sort of approach. Uh, I I think that like having Edge come in, Evil very much listening to Christian, and like you know like it, and like it's he not be like as
1: Festus. He could just come in as like a dumb guy, who doesn't know. Any- He'd be a different source. he should be in like he should be like a, a smaller dinosaur.
0: Ed, Edge has amnesia, cannot <laughs> remember who he is, and Christian's yeah. taking advantage of it.
1: Once he left the WWE universe, his mind was wiped when he appeared on planet Earth. So, I he... don't know what I've been
0: doing. It, this happens all the time when you go into WWE, you don't know what you've been doing for the last five. Why wouldn't that happen when you leave it?
1: Yeah.
2: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do
0: not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S. I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh,
1: MJF versus the Righteous in a handicap match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. I w- I'll kind of defend that Righteous vignette because I, saw- I-, I-, I saw the entire thing on social media before they gave us the edited version. I thought it was really well done. The problem is there there's, there's two problems with it. Number one, it comes off as kind of a third rate Wyatt family type of vignette. Uh, I did like the cleverness of the uh, paper, uh, the paper chain with the, the devil and the other guy. And one's a liar and one's a fake. Um, The the other problem is this should have been intertwined with uh, highlights of the righteous being just absolute ass kickers because nobody's seen The Righteous on actual AEW Dynamite. They've been on Rampage. They've been on, I think they've been on Collision, but nobody's seen that. So I think it should have been a vignette with kind of an old school feel of of highlights of them doing matches where they're destroying guys. Um But you have MJF in a handicap match. Uh I have a theory on how this is going to end, but I will go to you first.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. The The Righteous, for me... I like, I get what they were doing with that promo. I didn't realize it was edited down, but I was able to follow, follow the story there. And and I, I I mean, I like the idea that like they do see through these two. Uh, yeah. And I I think ultimately they're going to be right. Or at least if I was writing this, these guys are bad guys and they're villains, but they're actually right about both of them. Um, yeah, that would be what I would do. But I also would have had, I'd have them be more menacing, right? Like, okay, you have this four-way match with all these teams. Feed the Lucha Brothers to the Righteous, please. Like, feed some of these Goober teams or these lesser teams who've already gotten their, like, run to the Righteous. Have the Righteous attack the acclaimed. I, I, I actually would have made that kind of a thrill on the last couple of weeks, that these guys have been attacking every single tag team. Um, and so MJF saying, I'm going to fight these guys by myself. The, uh, like, you're like, why would you do this? This is suicide. Um, as to the outcome of the match, I feel like the righteous have to win. I don't think, I don't think MJF is able to retain here.
1: Uh, I do. And I'll really? tell you, I'll tell you how, uh, at the end of dynamite, we saw four kind of smallish, <laughs> uh guys in devil in the in the devil outfits much like uh the firm were beating up jay white uh i am of the opinion that that was adam adam cole because i think adam cole was the guy in the devil outfit i believe i think uh i think the i think the cast is a fake i i'm on that team i think he sprained his ankle pretty bad i don't think he broke his ankle and i think dave and uh Dave and Brian are getting worked here. I I do think it's going to be like a Kevin Nash type situation eventually where he's in the cast and then he (laughs) reveals the blanket and he's fine and he has two legs. But my opinion was those guys were uh, The Kingdom, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole. That's who my opinion was. And I think what's going to happen is this is going to be the fake out where they think that the demons are with MJF and... MJF and one of the demons is going to double clothesline Vincent or Dutch and MJF's going to get the pin and everybody's going to wink wink nudge nudge know that that's Adam Cole under the mask but for now that and that's why they're aligned with MJF for now until they turn on MJF uh but that that's how I think they get through that
0: interesting interesting um I have a really the, the MJF storyline is so strange. I mean I, I could just as easily of the MJF, Adam Cole, and all those guys were in cahoots all along. Like like that you there's another way of watching I, that. I could, pro-
1: that being, yeah, yeah. I could see that being yeah, could see that being MJF, was, Adam Cole, and, and the kingdom and
0: Roddy. And Roddy. Yeah, though yeah, they've all been in cahoots this whole time. Yeah.
1: That'd be interesting too. I, I'm here that, for that. Now,
0: I I've think some, it's actually more narratively satisfying. I've seen some
1: theories where one of the people there was Britt Baker under one of the masks, so that would have been interesting, too, I think. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to MJF and Jay White uh, talking after after we get through this card, which is 80 matches long. Uh, FTR, Cash Wheeler and Diet Harwood versus Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Now, uh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: I think FTR wins. Uh, I, I I didn't. They did their go-home promo with Aussie Open. It's like the same one that I feel like we get all the time, which is like, you haven't ever really shown us your stuff, but you better show us your stuff. And if you don't show us your stuff, then you might as well stuff it because you need to show up with your stuff.
1: I'm going to back up. I've convinced myself just thinking about this right now that Aussie Open wins this. Um, and I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, I think the Young Bucks win the four-way tag match now. Because Aussie Open is now lost in a goofy way to MJF and Adam Cole. They lost to Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. They need a win. And I could see this being that backward-ass thinking of, well, we'll just hotshot the titles onto them, and now they'll be credible again. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think, I think, and I also think that uh, Cash Wheeler may be in line for a little bit of a punishment for the whole gun charge thing. Yeah. So I think Aussie Open is winning this, and they're going to get a super match against the Bucks to kind of reestablish their credibility. So I'm going to go with Aussie Open here. Okay, all
0: right, I'm with you then.
1: Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland in a match that. I can't figure out who's going to win right now, because the Swerve Strickland's in his home territory of Seattle, sort of. He's been in Defy for years and been in the Defy Championship, and Hangman Adam Page needs the win more than anything.
0: And they really prioritized this match in terms of that dynamite. Like, like, like th- yes. th- this, this match has got a lot of weight, narratively speaking. Uh, second only to, I mean, the MJF segments, like two different matches, doing uh, the, 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 the sit down contract signing with a uh, page and Strickland.
1: What do you I think, think th- of that promo, by the way, the Adam page promo, which is basically alluding to CM Punk.
0: I'll be honest. I didn't watch it. I, I, okay. I yeah, know, no, no I, I watched Strickland's part and, and, but like, I just, I'm not super dialed into that program. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no I, 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 no, I'll give you
1: the, the clip notes. Page I'm just, says, okay. Go ahead. Pages said that there's been a dark cloud hanging around him for the last year and he hasn't been himself because of it. It's mostly alluding to punk, but not doing punk. But I thought, I thought, at, I thought at the end of this, Paige is going to pull out a a bottle of Jack Daniels, chug it and go, I'm back. Because, you know, get him back drinking and he's going to be a badass again. But no, he's still kind of in his feel. So I think that might also explain, I think Swerve's winning this. I
0: think Swerve's winning this too. The fact that it got focused, I did catch the part where he's like, I'm in Seattle, you can't beat me in Seattle. They're like the 12th man or whatever. He kind of seems like he needs the win more. It seems like this match is meant to be Get Seattle feeling seattle you know. Um, well, but the
1: next match is Brian. I mean, there's the main event that's Brian Danielson and zach Saber Jr. And of course, that's also Brian Danielson's territory. And we're already having, we're already having Darby Allen lose, and Darby that's Darby's home territory as well.
0: We are having Darby lose, so then you have Strickland win, you have Danielson win.
1: Yeah, Danielson win. Okay, cool.
0: Uh, yeah, no, because
1: that, that's where I was going for too. Because I think uh, we'll get to that. The main event, the dream match of the two men who have captured Wrestling Observer's Best Technical Wrestler of the Year for, I think, like the last 10 years running between the two of them. This match is so disappointing to me right now because this is a match that for me and for my predilections, you do vignettes and promos where they are cutting promos on each other for a few weeks after you announce this. You bring up the wrestling observer awards here. You bring up how big of a match this is because Zack Sabre jr. Doesn't work for AEW. You bring up all these things that build this match. And I am here for it. You bring up Zack Sabre jr. Saying, I'm going to break your arm. I'm going to break your leg. I'm going to put you in a stretch hold and leave you there for 30 minutes. This is why you cry.
0: This is where remote video packages would do so much. You have Zack Sabre jr like do a match, like an exhibition match from his training facility, where he just like torments a guy for five minutes until he finally makes him tap out. You have like little Zack Sabre Jr. matches every week. And like they're basically being sent to Danielson, but they're being aired on AEW television. But you do these things to show like this guy is a sadist. He like he is as into the technical stuff as anything. But right now he's in a twisted mindset and he wants to hurt people and, you and stretch them out.
1: Yeah, and you do Brian Danielson at the Blackpool Combat Club re reintroducing himself to that sadistic side, which yeah. we had at the beginning of this thing. And then I'm man, I am stoked. I am paying money for this match. And instead, what I'm getting is, well, on paper, it's a, gonna be a very good technical wrestling match. I'm like, I look, I like both, and I think they're both very good wrestlers, but I think this could have been quote unquote oh, a money match. And oh, I just could have been so
0: fun. Yes. Yeah,
1: I just, that's that's the thing that's missing from it, is the fun of uh, this being a dream match. Instead, we're getting Zack Sabre Jr. on commentary, calling Danielson a wanker tonight, probably in an eight-man tag match.
0: I yeah no I would have Zack Sabre Jr do an Expo match where he breaks every one of the guys 10 fingers methodically throughout the match and then pins him. Yes. Like, like, yeah. Like, like it's just But he, but he
1: pulls yeah. him up at 2 the first time. Yeah.
0: yeah oh no no right no I you still have fingers left. You, yes. He says it right in the middle of the match. I'm yes. not done with you yet. Yeah. Uh yeah yeah no, I This is where this company for me misses the mark. It's not who you get. It's how you're presenting them. You're not telling these stories. You got Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. And you backburnered this shit. Yeah. What is going on here?
1: No. And it's like, well, he's just a one shot and, and Brian, and he doesn't work for who cares. It's one of of those mystery. Like the, the example I gave is when, when, when the road warriors turned on dusty and they were still the six man champions, and they announced that uh, the Road Warriors had gone to Japan and found a partner in Tenru. I didn't know who the hell Tenru was. I had never seen Tenru before, but they started showing like uh, I think they showed a video package of them him with the Road Warriors. I like, I want to see this Tenru guy. Never really got to see that Tenru guy until he he did that one shot in WWF, I believe. But uh, like, I was I was there, man. I was like, yeah, I want to see this mystery guy who I haven't ever seen in NWA television, be a part of this crew with the Road Warriors because Dusty and the Road Warriors were so good. And it's like, yes, build on that sense of mystery for those of us who don't watch Zack Sabre Jr. in New Japan and, and but know who he is from other things. You know, do that. And that's...
0: You, you're that's, telling me just yelling at a potential fan you should know already isn't actually good booking?
1: It's the potential for a good match. And that's where it's like... That's that's where message board Tony is looking at the message board is going, this should be a real, instead of going, what can we do with this world that we're building that's fun and expanded and use all the tropes of professional wrestling to make this fun and exciting for everybody watching TV? And that's what I want. I want them to use the TV product to then push me to buying a pay-per-view, which is 60 bucks which I may not have in this economy, you know, that kind of thing, you know, but also most of AEW fans probably steal this thing. anyway, So they don't care about that money stuff. They just know, Oh, look, it's on, it's on the, it's on the docket. We'll watch it. Great. I just, it. And I mean, they almost got there with Paige and Strickland and and it was close and it was a noble effort and they kind of got there with Christian and, 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 and Darby, so so you can't say that the build was completely bad, like it was the last pay per view where it was just like a week, and then they put everything together. It's been decent.
0: Yes, no, in particular, well, well, and it's it, and it's been imbalanced. It's like I agree. Um, in particular, I think Darby and Christian they've done a really nice job telling that story. Like, yeah, uh, yeah that that story is complicated. You have the betrayal of Luchasaurus um actually i think the nick wayne versus luchasaurus match will be the final discard of luchasaurus too christian will assume, basically say like luchasaurus you're you lost to nick wayne you lost the title you you're a failure to me and discard luchasaurus
1: and, and brings in edge as his new dinosaur that
0: would be hilarious yeah yeah <laughs> here, i'm here for that here, here, here's baby Saurus and it's edge and he he only speaks to growls Growl, growl!
1: <laughs> oh, now, now it's gonna be a disappointment if it's anything else. I am dinosaur.
0: Err, <laughs> 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 err, <laughs> edge. Like, let me, but let me. like in a grunt. <laughs>
1: Give it to me. Give me what I want. I want the, because Edge is already a big dude. He's like 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. Put him in the mask. Let's let's yeah. see. Let's see him go. Actually, he, he's the one who can also take out Luchasaurus eventually. He could be like in like a blue one. And oh my god, that's Edgesaurus. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Marco uh.
1: Stunt can come out with him. <laughs>
0: They, yeah, they they make a dark version of the Jurassic Express. Yes. With Edge, yeah, Edge and Nick Nick Wayne's like uh the the jungle Marcus. boy of it. Yeah, he oh he could be jungle boy. Uh, yeah, oh that's great. That's, that's I beautiful. I
1: have a new jungle boy. He can dress up Nick Wayne as a jungle boy. It'll be like the old Midnight Express versus the new Midnight Express. <laughs> <laughs> Except Dennis Condry won't walk on the last day uh yeah so that does it for our previews uh lazy river probably gonna be shorter than usual but that's okay we went long on the two previews uh, do you mind if i start on this one
0: uh yeah where are we going
1: because you know what i want to start with okay mjf and jay white
0: that's where i was going to start too so we might as well
1: i will let you go first then because i've already talked about this on wednesday on my other show so i'll uh, i'll get into my nitpicking stuff after that but uh you, you go first then
0: MJF has this style of promo which does not build intrigue for a match nearly as much as it manages to completely demolish the opponent he's going up against credibility. The the problem with so much of what he said about Jay White, and like this might be the defense for it, is. It's kind of like what a lot of people, including myself, feel is the truth about this guy. That like he is surrounded by a lot of stuff, but when you start shearing all that stuff away, MJF is kind of right. The guy's not that interesting. I don't think so. And, and it doesn't make me more interested in the match to see him do it, especially since he's the heel. He's not overcoming anything. I'm not rooting for this guy to overcome anything. The Bullet Club are heels. The Bullet Club Gold are like a watered-down version of the Bullet Club. Like, this is like the fourth or fifth Xerox of this faction at this point. And I'm not excited to see Jay White prove that the Bullet Club is, you know, still really cool 15 years later. Uh, I don't care. And MJF is kind of right. The guy... Is just surrounded by this stuff. Are we gonna double turn Jay White and MJF? And if you did, would that be interesting? I mean, maybe they answer to both those questions at the same time? Maybe and not really at the same time. Um, I think they might, you know, might consider, you know, trying to turn Jay White, make him a face type figure. Why? Um and that's the other part of this, right? MJF has been their scumbag. That's been the whole. We've been we've been laying so much real down in that direction that when he shreds down Jay White, like, okay, I mean, you're right. I'm not rooting for Jay White to redeem himself here, uh, and and then Jay White doesn't really get the upper hand on MJF <laughs> in any meaningful way. That's the other part of this is MJF is getting these scathing heel promos, and then while as a babyface. And the person he's up against his adversary has very limited narrative options to take this, you know, shoot on MJF brother, I guess, but that's not really that interesting. And like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what they think when they think about this stuff or they just go, let's go out there and see what happens. And if they keep doing, I don't, I at some point after you do that, you got to stop and like watch one of these back and go like, did that work? My answer is no.
1: I am with you on that, but for a slightly different reason. Um, I think when this was set out, number one, I don't like these types of promos to begin with. I don't like one guy standing in the ring, watching another guy cut another guy to shreds and not doing anything or reacting or anything. I hate those. And then the other guy gets a turn. But I think when this was being plotted out, it's like, okay, MJF's good with his mouth. Uh, Jay White has been entertaining the past few weeks with his mouth and his promos on Collision. Let's just let the two of them feel it out. And what you got was MJF burying not the wrestler Jay White, but the character Jay White, and also the the actor playing the character Jay White. Which is fine if you're in 2000. whatever WWE and it's the rock cutting promos on the hurricane, which is supposed to be a goofy character and calling him the Hamburglar and whatever, and burying that character because of course the Hurricane's not supposed to be on the rocks level. And then when the hurricane gets one over on the rock, it becomes a big, huge deal. When you go out there and it's supposed to be a guy that's supposed to be possibly an ace of your company in jay white one of the most decorated gaijins in japanese wrestling history and you say he's cutting a mid promo and then you call him tofu you call him boring
0: and the byproduct of a wrestling promoter's vision of what a success like that was so meta yeah that line that line way too meta Way, way too meta, meta because way when you how you're, do you come back from that? Like, you don't. What, Yeah, there's no response to that. What's is Jay White supposed to be like? Say something like, "Well, MJF, you're only here because you throw temper tantrums at Tony Khan whenever you don't get your way, and that's why you're still the champion."
1: And then that becomes office politics crap.
0: Yeah, and
1: and then that's not good either. I mean, my 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 theory when I I off the off the top of my head, um, instead of doing whatever the type of promo Jay White was doing is going. You like to, I'm the switchblade. You have to go back into your character of who is the switchblade in AEW. You have to you have to go into it because because part of the us, other truth of this is we don't really know Jay White as a character in AEW in this world and how he interacts with it. So I mean I my my pitch was he, Jay White should have looked at him and goes you like to cut jokes. I'm gonna cut your throat. And he should have just basically gone with the "I'm going to hurt you in this ring and hopefully end your career, so that oh, you won't he be Silence."
0: He should have silenced MJF right after that. I, I, mean, yeah, like, I mean, like, I mean, like MJF, MJF should have still a, been with a move. No, I, I think he not actually even a
1: should, move with a beatdown, with just a pummeling with fists and kicks yeah. and punches and. 'Cause that's what's been kind of missing in, in AEW beatdowns to begin with. People just do moves and crap, kinda of like WWE. Instead yeah, of no, like... no, no,
0: but he needed to completely overwhelm MJF rather than like MJF chasing him out of the ring. That was the other that is another problem with this. Jay yeah. White's not supposed to be winning this title and shouldn't, and you know, like there's won't. no reason won't, right? <laughs> so then Jay White needs to absolutely get under MJF's skin. This, like, really should be going the other way. Jay White should be the one talking to him about, like, you know, fake friends, that you're fake, that, like, like all, you know, this is all basically really getting into MJF's head. They don't really like you. Um, you're not, you're, you're their scumbag, but they still all think you're a scumbag. Uh, you, know, you don't have anyone's respect. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Like, it, like all the stuff, you know, you're still just this scared little boy who was whimpering when he was getting bullied and have the quarters thrown at him. But, like, that should be... Jay White should be putting MJF on his heels, the character MJF on his heels. Uh, Instead, you get MJF going after the act of Jay White in a way that, like, no one could defend nor retort from. And uh, most importantly, if both these guys equally tore each other down, you're not more interested in a title match between these two guys at the end of that sequence you're less because you think less of both the characters
1: and you especially think less of the of the opponent you think there's no chance he's gonna win this match i mean it's one of those things where i was trying to think of a corollary for my old fandom and i'm thinking you know the character choices of dusty and flair are easy ones but rick flair never came out and said you know what dusty you're, you're, you actually go home to a large house and have lots of money. Yeah, you and, do and this are,
0: fake evangelist of the poor thing, but you your vo- actually go your home. Voice but, is,
1: yeah. Your voice is phony, too, because you put on this black voice that, that you think will, will connect you with, with blue-collar people and stuff like that. It, it, you know, it, it's that kind of thing, where it's like, you don't deconstruct the character. You You yeah. deconstruct the wrestler type of a thing, and you basically keep it to, you know... How, how am I going to fight you in the ring? I'm going to beat you in the ring because you're not better than I am in the ring. It, it's no. not, it's not your, Oh, you're, I mean, you can, you can kind of cut the promo a little bit, but you don't say it's a mid promo. You don't come out and go, man, you suck on promo. First thing out of the gate in a main event feud. Yeah, like why are
0: we even talking right now? Cause you're not very good at this. Boy, I can't wait to see more of this. I yeah, hope it you, goes hope it goes on longer. I can't uh,
1: you know what this is actually is this is actually uh Ric Flair bearing Bam Bam Bigelow when he comes into the NWA and saying, Oh, yeah, you're not in that place where they dress you up in costumes anymore. No wonder you had to leave there. And now you're here with the big boys and Nobody likes a fat guy or a fat girl. It's like, so like, oh my god, they're killing him on here because Bigelow had a had a bit of an attitude problem coming into the NWA. Admittedly, but it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, you're a mid promo and you're boring. Come
0: back from I, that, genius. I I, I, do, I mean, while he's
1: in the ring, while he's the, standing the, there in like, front of him. To go
0: back to the Dusty example, I'm like thinking, like I'm just thinking more about this. Like if you actually did the. Ah, uh, Dusty, you say you're a man of the people, but really you're a fake evangelist. Which one is it? Are you the man of the people, or are you Virgil Runnels, the television producer who produces this TV <laughs> show that I watch every week?
1: And you're giving me like, the time cue right now behind the camera. Hey, how's oh it Oh my, <laughs> uh,
0: like God, I, I, you, like if someone did this, Dusty, like you would be like seeing Reddit just jump from off screen and tackle, knowing that like you are absolutely one hundred percent killing the Dusty Rhodes gimmick. Yes. Like yeah, it, it, this is this is the problem and yeah like uh i know jay white's not going to win wouldn't care if he did wouldn't be like excited to watch a jay white title run off of this and mjf just keeps doing this i I actually
1: think the bullet club gold is doing some pretty good work on social media in terms of trying to get themselves over as a franchise even though they're a little goofy oh yeah
0: oh yeah they're pretty they're they're, they're, I, they're a Xerox copy of the bullet club to me, but <laughs> I, I mean, they, they try, they try.
1: They're, they're, uh, they're, they're a BC. They're the, NW,
0: they're the NWOB team. Come on. Yes, like, they, are. Yeah, they, they are. They are the NWOB I
1: mean, team. Absolutely. Except for Jay White. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's the guns and, and uh, goofy juice Robinson. And I love yeah. being some goofy juice Robinson. I love the unrepentant stupidity of him. But at the end, they're they're carrying around a cardboard cutout of Jay White. The cardboard cutout of Jay White is more over than Jay White right now after that promo.
0: Right. And like also like what main event act has a cardboard, the cardboard cutout. So mid card. Yes, it's so mid card. And like talk him coming out there and joking about card blade and stuff, too. I mean, that was the other problem It's like Jay White is going up against an MJF who's like kind of like half in character and he's having to do like the full in character. Like, isn't it hilarious that I have a cardboard cut out of myself thing?
1: It's that whimsical wrestling stuff that we were talking about last week. And now they're doing it for the main event acts too. It's, it's yeah, I, I just, I, I watched this and I couldn't believe people were saying this was good. People were telling me, well, you know, Jeff, it was good that MJF buried the heel the heel has to, you know, the heel has to show ass on that thing. I was like, dude, that wasn't a burial. That was a ritual killing by MJ. <laughs>
0: also, no, the the heel, if they're not going to lose, does not need to be showing ass in this yeah, it, it's... Like, that's. I do not view that as a foregone conclusion. I think that that's, that's actually very wrong. Uh, if anything, it, it should seem like now that the, like, like, Adam Cole is sidelined. Like MJF has no friends that the bullet club gold are a legitimate threat. Uh, They, you know, the bullet club gold guys should have won. It should look, it should look like that they're white hot going into this pay-per-view that Jay White's going to get the title. Like There's a bit of a build of momentum for them.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, um, and Jay White has to figure something out while that's happening. And he came back with, just I thought I found his side of the promo goofy, you know, he's he's kind of he, it, was, it was the thing where it's like, I need to get over on my charisma right now. And so he's kind of yeah you know, he's kind of playing it up a little bit about the, you know, oh I'm going to take your big gold belt, you know, that kind of thing, as opposed to really being menacing. Type of thing. He was being he was also kind of being playful. I'm like, no, no, Jay. Now's not the time to be playful. Oh, it-
0: people, people want to hear my exotic voice, like the the whole like I'm this exotic dreamboat crap. I'm like, eh, Jace, no, no, this that ain't you, bro. That yeah. ain't you. Yeah, that that ain't working. He's I wouldn't not do sex
1: that. symbol from Australia. He's not no, in 1982. No. Yeah, I yeah, I just uh, your turn on the lazy river.
0: I mean that that was a big one for me for sure. Um, all right, let's let's talk. Uh, little bit of a collision here. Um, I know we already, we already talked about this in the buildup. I thought that they uh, did a nice job with Luchasaurus, Darby Allen and Christian in that yeah. match. And I knew where it was going, but, but I liked it. Uh, I, I, I even right down to the little beat where Luchasaurus holds the title for one moment. Cause like, I think longer term, that's going to build stuff up. Um, you know, okay. Here's one I'll talk about. I, and this actually gets back to the MJF thing. I, in building in building Jay White, they use Andrade El Idolo and like I'm not hot on him right now either. So this is a very this is a tough sell for me going into this dynamite promo because I know that Jay White and El Idolo had a good match there. I was not able to sink my teeth into it at all because I don't care about either character.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I think he's gonna end up with L I J again or whatever they're calling themselves in here. Uh it was weird cuz it was also vicious like like him getting hit with the plaque or whatever by Juice Robinson is a is a bold you know strong injure the guy type of move but at the same time I'm with you I can't I can't get behind it all that much
0: Yeah uh, Andre's just you know He's was it like a hella sympathetic baby face or anything. No, he's not. Yeah. That's also no. weird. Right. It's, it's, it's like we're building up Jay White Mondo heel against a guy who he's a good wrestler. Okay. But like, yeah. 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 Like, like he's a good wrestler is essentially the narrative argument for like, why is this happening on my screen right now? That's just like not enough for me. I, I need to make a little bit more sense than that.
1: going to move to SmackDown for a quick hit. I have a lot of people in my mentions screaming about the treatment of bailey i love me some aunt pam you all know me i love me some aunt pam love me some oscar love me the horse women everybody like that this is what she is right now and she's getting taken care of according to what i know she's getting taken care of monetarily to be the goofy gateway heel to eo I get that she's not getting pushed to the moon. I get that Charlotte is once again getting pushed to the moon. Relax. She's she's making she's making bank. Is, is her legacy going to be what it could be because she's not always going to be super champion Bailey? No, it's not gonna be. But <laughs> she's they're taking care of her. They're putting her on TV, they're giving her stuff to do. It, it's not like they're 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 putting her out there and she's losing in ten seconds to a returning Tegan Knox, who thank God she's back on and they decided to write that wrong. Um I, I enjoyed that little story on Raw this week, but it, it's one of those things where it's like she is there to play second fiddle to EO, and it's kind of been hurting EO a little bit more than anything, because EO is just there kind of looking. <laughs> Her makeup is such that she's always looked like she's ready to cry at all times. <laughs> it's a little disturbing at times, but I mean, she's just there to like shrug her shoulders and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, we're, we're, and when they should have been splitting this act a while ago, but they didn't because Dakota got hurt. It, it, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I understand people's frustrations that Bailey who is the top bell to bell worker in the women's division, in my opinion, in that company isn't getting what she wants and Charlotte's getting pushed to another title match. But at the same time, it's like one of those things where it's like, you can't always be the star of the division. And if you're getting deep pushed, at least you're still on TV.
0: Yeah. I, look, you know, people can be upset about Charlotte getting pushed yet again, because Charlotte's Charlotte and it is what it is every time with her. Um, but, you know, it, you're right. It can't always be Bailey. This has never been, I mean, there's never been a company that's, Fully 100% bought into Bailey, but like they bought into her and damage control a lot more than like, especially with some of the writing was necessarily justified for a minute, you yeah. know, like, like this act hung around a lot longer than it had any business to because it was getting, you know, murdered for six weeks straight as heels Uh, fairly early on in its inception. They just weren't beating anybody. So, yeah. I mean, she's, she's doing all right. And like, I think, you know. I think people I have no problem with them staying in a company and doing stuff for the money. You know, as long as you're getting paid, get paid.
1: Yeah. Uh your turn. Um
0: let me see. Danielson and Ricky Starks. Um, I know we already talked about this a little bit. I, I thought that this match was really strong. I um, really I, like this match. I really like this match a <laughs> lot. Yeah. Which is also part of the reason why I think like it felt like the beginning of turning Ricky Stark's face. Like you know, he he looks so tough in the in defeat here.
1: Yeah, he's holding on for dear life, trying not to go out as he's being choked to death by Brian Danielson. Yeah, and like the way it's and if he was blood's gonna, coming out of his mouth and stuff. absolutely, it,
0: if you're brutal. gonna right if you're gonna stay heel. Like what's supposed to happen in a Texas Death Match is when they're finally caught by the baby face. they have fear in their time of dying, so to say, they, they experienced fear and cowardice. And Starks didn't experience that. He experienced, like, resolve, and I will, you know, fight until my last breath. Yeah. And I don't know if that's AEW booking where everybody's got to look strong, brother, um, or if that is the beginning of Starks getting turned.
1: No, I I, I had a lot of fun watching this match.
0: I, but, I, I, but broadly speaking, yeah, I, I liked it. Uh
1: I, I yeah. would not have done this match yet. I would have done it on a pay-per-view view I understand they need the collision stuff for like ratings and stuff, but I I but they can't book two programs at once because they don't know how to concentrate on it. and this was a time if you're going if you're not going to put this on the pay-per-view to be using that time to build Zack Sabre Jr. and, and Danielson.
0: I know that that I mean their vision of building that was Having this like mini feud between Starks and Danielson, I, I don't.
1: Yeah, it's it was, very, it,
0: it's a strange, it's a strange build idea.
1: Uh, for my last one, um, I'm going to go into the, the criticism that AEW Dynamite was too much talking. Uh, incorrect. I understand for the live crowd, might not have been much uh, in terms of that because they got, they got some decent matches. But to me, it, the, the weekly television is about build. And it's not that there's too much talking. It's that there's the right wrong type of talking, which we went over through with MJF and uh Ricky Starks, Christian and Darby, I thought was good type of talking. And then right in the middle in terms of the vignettes was this visit in Japan by Takeshita and Don Callis to a dojo where, uh, a bushi is. And, uh, this was right in the middle of not really good, but also not horrible either. Um, I, I <laughs> this whole promo thing was was very very odd because much like the, we moved Adam Cole and and uh, and Roddy Strong off to the side to then get to Jay White in the same promo segment. We also had this beatdown to then get to Sammy Guevara. Cutting a promo on Jericho, and I think that this is like two weeks worth of stuff in one vignette. And this 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 beatdown at the dojo should have happened a couple weeks ago, and probably should have involved all of the Don Callis family beating on recruits and whatnot. This was not Dusty at Techwood Studios. This was almost a little bit too goofy as a beatdown, you know, you know, d- putting a guy in like a, a chokehold and hitting him with a kettlebell. And there being no blood. It, it it almost bordered on a WWE style beatdown where you're just kind of like, eh, okay, kind of goofy, but kind of effective at the same time. Where, whereas if you had done a beating with a little bit more of an edge, then Kenny can come back being angry to 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 uh, to absolve or not absolve to have revenge for Ibushi and his trainees. And be willing to, you know, slap hands with Chris Jericho and go, let's go kill these guys. And then it's a fight. And then you're kind of cool with everything. And you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for these two things to get in there. And it's two forces going. Instead, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. And then Kenny will come back and just go. He'll be there to partner with Abushi this time. Hooray. You know, I, I get it. But it's still one of those things where it's like, oh, I think I forgot that match on Wrestle Dream." by the way. Yeah. The six man. Uh, sorry about that. Who do you think wins? Because I think Don Callis' family has to.
0: I think Doc Ellis' family has to as well. Um yeah. All right. The Sammy Guevara promo is another one of these AEW style of promos where you're like, did that help? <laughs> did, 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 was, was that helping? A lot of words were said. A lot of meta was meta, but did that help? Uh, I mean, also, like... How many times are we going to turn Sammy Guevara? Like, how many different directions? I, and uh, I'll say it before, I'll say it again. It's Lex Luger syndrome all across this show. Yeah. And, and like, every so, every time it seems like they've, like, found an interesting formulation of some of these guys, whether it's Starks or Guevara, whoever, um, it doesn't seem to stick. Uh, in the case of Starks and Guevara, Jericho seems to be an inflection point for both of them. So Guevara's promo, uh, we've talked about before, Guevara's not really the heel here. Uh, especially if you've actually been paying attention to the storyline. Uh, Guevara like just turned on Jericho when Jericho, you know, for the umpteenth time, like sort of like made him feel like the little minion.
1: Yeah. pretty
0: yeah. Much. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't have anything else on my list. Um,
0: I mean, uh, is there anything on SmackDown that, uh,
1: I mean, for matches, there were good things. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll just two on raw that I'd point out the Bronson Reed, uh, Otis, was good for what it was in terms of a Haas match wwe style and also champa versus uh champa versus uh ludwig kaiser strong and of course you know sammy and and kevin owens versus the judgment day was really really good too but you know there wasn't a lot of uh peace moving i think we're eventually getting to a war games match i think i don't know i don't know what vince in charge if he wants to do a war games but uh it feels like it's lining up for a war games and then SmackDown, yeah. you had, uh, I mean, LA, Knight, return, LA, LA, LA Knight. Knight and John
0: Cena aligning. Yeah. This was a
1: strong move. I mean, that is a strong move. And and you, you, it's so funny because I, I go back to that quote. It's like, well, you know, these are fans who appreciate work rate as opposed to those dinner theater fans over there. I go, yeah, you know what? The two of the biggest stars in wrestling right now in both companies are Eddie Kingston and LA Knight both of whom were doing promos on nwa weekly tv with ricky starks as well and the talking's getting both of those guys over something fierce in the two biggest companies in the world and you're just like okay fine you have you you go with your purity test here at war crate i'll go with the stuff that's making crowds want to see people and uh, you watch that la night beat down man that that offense is pure of the rock where he's pulling the fists all the way back and hitting him, you know, kind of hitting him. It doesn't look like real fist. It looks like, you know, the working dusty fists at times, uh, you know, but Cena gives LA Knight the rub at the end of this tag match. LA Knight's going to be in line for to headline against Roman Reigns. So it's oh yeah.
0: Be fine. Yeah. And I, I mean, if Heyman and LA Knight sort of sit down and really work out what the story is and the story's halfway decent, those two guys are going to be absolute fire on yeah. screen with each other. Like, like that, that Heyman,
1: that Heyman Heyman. in LA night is interesting to me. Yeah. i waiting for that.
0: I, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of intrigue there. I, I think that that, that builds the intrigue, man. It mm-hmm. really does. And even that, that, that first, that first interaction with Roman reigns, in L. A. Night too, like because like we forget like, and we also haven't seen Roman in a minute. He maybe he will have a different personality foible. Maybe all this time away is you know kind of wrinkled. You know he's yeah. Angrier. She's been
1: back there brainstorming character work here.
0: You never know. Yeah, I, I, mean,
1: think I, mean, I think yeah. it's gonna be the big dog. He's gonna be badass, yeah. and I think, but I think L. A. Night's gonna be able to get under his skin. Yeah, right, right.
0: I know it'd be interesting.
1: He's gonna call him tofu.
0: <laughs> no, but like uh, he's gonna. I mean, th- this could be, you know, he, you know, definitely will clown the heck out of uh, Jimmy Uso for sure. Jim yeah. Uso. Yeah. Jim Uso. Jim Uso. Sounds like your middle manager.
1: <laughs> well, with Drake Hudson. Uh, yeah, Look, let, let's cut it there. Uh, you can follow me on the X app at Crap Game 13. I do nothing but snark and do uh, arcane references and occasionally movie and music talk. Uh, you can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes also there. I also do a show on Fight Game Network on Wednesdays. Uh, 20 minutes afterwards, you can get the uh, YouTube link and watch it live or $5 on the Patreon. Listen to it later called The Dynamite Show. Myself and Paul Ace Fontaine thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly deconstruct Wednesday's Dynamite to the point where I kind of look at Chris and go, you better have opinions on this show because I've said them all already and I'm trying not to repeat myself. But yes, if you like more of me, go over there. If you want more of Chris, he's on the gram at D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V he teaches guitar. He's busy on a tram. He's going to be playing gigs. What you got?
0: Yeah, I got like a bajillion gigs coming up here. Uh, if you want to see me play, uh, the opportunities are abound here from Saturday, October 7th through Sunday, October 15th. Not not both those days, all of those days, the 7th, the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. At the Sandia Peak Aerial Tramway, the number one tramway in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> the, per, the preferred vendor of mountaintop service. What's the number uh, two tram in Albuquerque, Mexico? Uh, it's it's pretty rough looking, I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 not particularly safe. Wouldn't want to ride it. Um, No, come on out to Sandia Peak Aerial Tramway. I will be playing... Um, multiple days, the seventh, the eighth, the 13th, the 14th and the 15th will be me solo doing looping stuff. And with my band on the ninth, the 10th, the 11th and the 12th Willie and the wild cards, the legendary country and rock. Some say the generational talent, uh, out of Dallas, Texas, uh, are coming in and they will be playing four days with a special guest me, uh, during those four days. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're we're looking forward to it. We're playing basically from the morning until the evening uh, with breaks in between. Come on out. Hang out with us. If you want to catch lunch with me uh, when we go on our lunch break, uh, we will be going down to County Line Barbecue. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want uh, guitar lessons, uh, I'm still doing those, too, as well. You can find me uh, on Instagram, as Jeff mentioned, D-O-C-T-O-R. That spells doctor underscore N O V that spells no yeah, doctor tip, underscore no
1: tip them 20 bucks and, uh, and request union of the snake or the reflex.
0: Yeah. Or the <laughs> chauffeur.